Nobody really knew what to do with me. I just was in a lot of pain. And so when you're in pain and nobody knows what to do with you and it's foot pain, then you know, you just get more support, right? So I was in orthotics 24 seven. I was wearing shoes in the house at night. If I woke up and had to go to the bathroom, I would crawl to the bathroom because I wasn't walking barefoot at all. Wow. Welcome to the Restore to Explore podcast, hosted by your soulmates from the Foot Collective. I'm Nick, and we're on a mission to empower humans to restore natural health and function from the ground up so they can explore movement and live life with freedom and confidence. Friendly reminder that you can actually get paid real money to listen to our podcasts using Fountain as your listening app. Fountain also allows you to support the podcast directly if you enjoy listening or if you find these podcasts helpful. This week, I speak with Anya Jensen, who is the human behind a footwear review blog called Anya's Reviews, and also behind an online shoe store that sells natural footwear. So as someone who started wearing orthotics at nine years old and was debilitated by foot pain, Anya went down the path of personal exploration to figure out how to get out of pain once and for all. Now, through her work, she shares her experience to help others resolve their foot problems through her blog and her natural footwear store. We talk about principles of natural footwear, and the sometimes painful yet very important business of selling natural footwear in order to make shoes that let your feet function naturally be available to more people. It's always a pleasure speaking to fellow humans who are working to help people improve their foot health, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Thanks for listening. Before we jump into this week's episode, we wanted to let you know about our TFC Explorer membership designed to get humans out of pain and help them find foot freedom. We've been listening to the stories of thousands of humans around the world for years and working hard behind the scenes to bring everything we've learned from the experiences of the collective to create our ultimate online training program that's already changing lives. Whether you have a specific foot condition, issues up the chain at your ankles, knees or hips, or just want to improve your overall movement health, the TFC Explorer membership is for you. The membership gives you access to an exclusive online community of like-minded humans on the same journey and the support of our experienced TFC health professionals, including our other Restore to Explore hosts, Nick, Jim, and Tom. Together, you'll complete a six-week program with daily lessons, specific routines for your condition, and movement challenges that will upgrade your health from the ground up help you build powerful, sustainable habits and lifelong mates from around the world. You'll also get to connect for live calls with our TFC pros and your fellow explorers to share your experiences and ask questions. If you join before July 2023, you'll get 50% off your membership. It's our way of saying thanks for helping pioneer this exciting new adventure. Head to thefootcollective.com forward slash explorer to learn more. The link is in the show notes. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to TFC's Restore to Explore podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm Nick, and today I'm hosting today's conversation with Anya Jensen. Um, Anya, thanks for being here and for taking the time to share your story with our community. Thanks for having me, Nick. Happy to be here. Yeah, no worries. Um, so maybe we'll just dive right into it, and we'll start with your story. Um, you know, when did you dive down the natural footwear rabbit hole? Uh, and more importantly, why? What got you interested in it? Uh, what brought you there? And uh, yeah, would love to hear it. 
So I came to natural footwear really out of necessity because I had a long history with orthotics and foot pain and they just kept getting worse and worse. So I actually first had my first pair of orthotics prescribed to me when I was nine. I had some um, ankle tendonitis, my foot swelled all up, and I was told that I needed to have arch support in my shoes. So the reason, the, the real underlying reason why I got that issue, why I had that issue at that time was because I have really lax joints just genetically. I'm hypermobile. So my feet were naturally very flat and pronated and unstable. So the orthotics was a really good short-term fix for that. But um, wearing those my whole life, I became—I had to rely on them to, in order to function, in order to move well. And then as I got older, I kept getting more and more compounding issues, and none of them were getting better. So I had kids, and then there are hormones when you're pregnant that make your joints even more relaxed. And so my foot pain got really bad with when I was pregnant with my second son, and I had this big toe, really inflamed big toe. And nobody could really figure out exactly what was wrong with it. It was, it was swollen and it seemed kind of, people would say locked up, but they, but also at the same time, I don't know, nobody really knew what to do with me. I just was in a lot of pain. And so when you're in pain and nobody knows what to do with you and it's foot pain, then, you know, you just get more support. Right. So I was, in orthotics 24-7. I was wearing shoes in the house. Um, at night, if I woke up and had to go to the bathroom, I would crawl to the bathroom because I wasn't walking barefoot at all. Or I would wow. put Birkenstocks on. And I, at the time, I was 29 years old. And I was like, okay, so here I am, 29, and I'm otherwise healthy. I mean, I do have this hypermobility, which does affect me, but I, I'm pretty healthy and I can't walk without shoes on. Like I can't walk to the bathroom without shoes on. Like something's not right here. And I still was in pain, even though the acute swelling in my big toe did go down with the orthotics. I had a lot of back pain. I had hip pain and my knees were starting to hurt. And I, it just didn't, nothing felt right. Like I wasn't getting better. So rather than keep going back. And I, they were like, we could fuse your big toe. We could do a cortisone injection. We could, you know, try, they were trying to find ways to help me, but all of it was this band-aid type of stuff. You know, it, it was, it was, none of it was really telling me why this was happening to me in the first place and what I could mm -hmm. do for the long term. So at that point in time, my friend recommended that I read Whole Body Barefoot by Katie Bowman. Um, which is a really excellent book on building up that foundation of strength from the feet. And it just blew my mind because I realized that I had never considered that. I had never looked at my feet in that way. I had never thought maybe I could actually make them stronger. Maybe I could make them more functional. Maybe I could make it so that they worked better without support it just was, nobody had ever talked to me about that. And I had never thought of it on my own. So it really blew my mind. And now it feels so much, it feels so like common sense that it, I'm almost embarrassed to say that, but it really just was not a part of the conversation. And I, I actually asked 
to go to physical therapy because nobody considered that maybe I would benefit from physical therapy. So, you know, strengthening and rehabilitating was never a part of the discussion, which is just mind-blowing that someone could be in pain and we don't consider. Anyways, that, that's a whole that's a whole separate thing. So um, back to my story was I, I just started doing this on my own. I, I decided I was going to try and take this into my own hands. And I started doing the exercises. I started experimenting, going barefoot and just small doses because at that point my feet were really weak and sensitive. And so I was just like little bits on the grass and, you know, sort of experimenting with what I could do with my feet. It took about a year. And if I were to do it again, it would be faster because I know what I'm doing now. But at the time I didn't have a lot of resources. There wasn't a lot online. I I wasn't able to find much. So Katie Bowman's work was really kind of where I started. And in a year, I finally was able to stop wearing orthotics. And I had some minimalist shoes. Um, I had a pair of ultras and a pair of Vivo Barefoot, which they're very different in terms of the minimalness. So the Vivo Barefoot shoes were pretty intense for me. I was just wearing them for short periods of time. and But the ultras felt really great to have that toe space. And... Um, from there, I found I found the Foot Collective. I found Gate Happens. I started connecting with more people in the community and uh, doing research on more shoe options so that I could always be in better shoes. And yeah, that that was that was the uh, condensed version of how how I ended up here. Was once I started strengthening my feet and and actually weaning myself off of orthotics. I realized that I was on to something pretty life-changing. And combined with that is the shoes that are more natural, natural footwear, minimalist shoes, barefoot shoes, whatever you want to call them, that supported that process. So I did have to work up to it. But then at, at that about year point, that's all. I've not, I've not worn our support ever since. I've not worn a shoe with support or even a heeled shoe since then and have had, you know, it wasn't completely linear. I had a few setbacks and some foot pain came back and some other issues, but pretty, pretty remarkable change for me. Yeah. I think setbacks are part of the process. I think a lot of people get discouraged when they get setbacks, but I also feel like Setbacks are actually the really potent learning moments that if you cheat yourself of, um, you miss out on a lot of really golden nuggets, like really great lessons. And obviously you don't want the catastrophic setbacks, but, um, yeah, I think everyone in the world of traditional or conventional treatment of foot problems is really well-intentioned. And I always like remind myself of that because you're right. Like looking back at it now, it's like, how were they so off? Like, how were they so uh, misinformed about how the body works or just like lacking the understanding of, you know, the fundamental source of your foot problems was not lack of orthotics. Therefore, orthotics cannot be the ultimate solution, right? And just this notion that, you know, to give you relief from pain at the foot, we can completely deactivate the foot and put it into this cradle so that it's not moving at all, which might make it feel good if movement hurts for the time being, or if your foot is deconditioned, supporting it artificially might give you relief. 
But to assume that deactivating one of the most complex and important parts of our body is not going to have consequences upstream or long-term adverse effects, I think is like really, it's just interesting to, to just understand that that is what the bar is in education right now is literally just, just treat symptoms and diagnose disease. Nothing about how to help people uh, feel empowered that they can actually restore foot function. And to just put a pin in something that you said before, if you had to do it all over again, um, what to, to get there faster or to be more efficient, what would be like the Cole's notes of the most powerful things you would do differently compared to how you did it? Mm -hmm. So as far as my approach to the exercises, uh, I would have been a lot more focused and intentional just because I have now sort of called it to the base, the fundamental moves and things that I still use to this day to stabilize and strengthen and work on function that for a long time, I was like, I don't even know what to do to, you know, like there's so many, so much information out there and also hardly any at all at, at once. So I would uh, prioritize the nerve simulation of the feet a lot more. Um, I think that that's highly underrated when it comes to foot health is feeding the nerves on the bottom of your feet. It's so important for posture, for function, for alignment, for everything. So I would definitely make sure that if I were to do it over again, I would focus a lot on stimulating the nerves on my feet, either by texture walking outside or by having texture in my house. I really like Naboso insoles if for, for people who are struggling with foot issues. So that's one thing that I would make more of a priority. Um, as far as the strengthening exercises, a lot of, not everybody necessarily needs to do a ton of foot strengthening exercises, but for me, it was really important because I was way weak and also more prone to instability. I just have to, I have to work hard on stabilizing. So I would have done a lot more short foot and um, single leg balance and calf raises and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, that core strength for the lower limbs that is really important for function to the point of fatigue. That, that's the thing that I think was hard for me to, to understand was that I'm giving my feet and ankles a workout. Like they should be tired. You know, that, that like I need to, to provide enough stimulus for change. So none of this, like, you know, like I'm just going to wiggle. I mean, wiggling your toes is great, but you know, wiggle your toes and then be done. Like, like I want to, like my feet are going to the gym today. <laughs> yes. So that's there's another. A work, there's a work element. It's not just like, yes, the movement and stimulating your body to be able to coordinate movement is important. But I hear what you're saying, where most people fundamentally underestimate the amount of consistent load you need to apply to your body to achieve an adaptation, especially when it comes to strengthening or building muscle and mobilizing joints. And, mm -hmm. you know, you talk about foot strengthening. It's like for someone who's spent prolonged periods of time in support where the muscles don't have to do anything just weaning away from the support is often a really crazy foot workout, um, mm. not even needing to do any specific loading stuff. And I think sometimes people misinterpret the signal of soreness mm -hmm. um, for I'm doing the wrong thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, my feet are sore. My joints are sore. This, you know, going barefoot thing must not be for me. But I think it's just based on, it's a fundamental misunderstanding of not knowing that that is part of the process. And I think one thing we're always trying to do at TFC is to give people en enough of an understanding that they can face these 
you know, um, challenges of being sore and have enough understanding that they can contextualize like this is actually a good part of the process right like how do we differentiate between sharp stabbing unrelenting pain versus my muscles are sore because i just worked them out for the first time maybe ever in the past decade um and just empowering people to be confident that they can delineate between the two and know that their bodies are really good at healing and really good at adapting um and they just have to give them give their bodies the right amount of inputs and sometimes that involves overshooting uh and you know like how do we how do people know when they're doing too much when they can be doing more or when they're right in the sweet spot of doing just enough which itself is actually a moving target because as you start to do more and your body adapts doing enough actually ends up being more over time so how do we know when to progress that like self-regulating is actually a really juicy and nuanced element to talk about and i think in the world of medicine and physio people are actually paying professionals to tell them how to self-regulate to tell them when to do more or do less. Yeah. But most people are fully capable of understanding themselves. How do I feel into my body to know when I can do more or when I should be doing less? So yeah, that's a really um, important point. It's like when you want to strengthen, there's a work element. It's not just, it's, it's, right. there, it can be playful, but like you need to put in the time and the work. Right. Yeah. And that that whole experience of figuring where that line out is for you and you have to cross it in order to find it sometimes. And that all of that experience of sometimes pushing yourself too far and then having to readjust and pivot is so valuable. And it's part of the whole process because so many people yeah. have never even really paid attention to their feet. So it's all of it's new, you know, like a lot of people I've heard say they don't even like they're surprised at the way their feet look like because they literally just don't look at them. They don't pay attention. To them. Right. So all of this, like kind of coming into your feet, coming into your body, it is a process and it's not going to be linear. And I'm still doing that. Like I am still waking up and thinking, do I push it today or do I rest today? Like, you know, like being a human and having a body in a world where you don't have to use your body, uh, it's it's not intuitive anymore. And so I'm still having to make myself, you know, use my body in ways that my instinct is to not because there's a more convenient way. So it, it's like a, really a lifelong process and I'm still in it and I'm still figuring myself out. And I don't know I, I don't know what's going to, I don't know what the long term is. I don't know if there's ever some goal that I'm going to arrive at or if this is just it. You know, it's just always a process. Yeah. I used to think that I was going to get fixed and then that was the period at the end. And then I was just going to go on my merry way. And I realized that that that, that was not going to happen in that way and that I'm always going to have to be figuring out how to live in this world in the best way that I can in a way that supports longevity and long-term function and being adaptable, but definitely the work is there. Like there, you know, there, there, there is going to be challenge. It has to be challenging or your body won't change. You have to challenge it. You have to make, force it to adapt. And that is, I think that that is a challenge mentally for a lot of people when it comes to this whole natural foot health approach is that it's work and we want to just put the shoes on and have the shoes fix us, even if it's minimalist shoes. So it's kind of an interesting mental shift that I can't let technology fix me anymore. 
I, I have to try and do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. The personal responsibility element is such a key part. And even, you know, just the idea that there's often trade-offs that are being made when we, you know, use technology to fix ourselves. It's like, it often comes at a consequence that's just way down the road, which we might not actually associate with the technology we used, but you know, I love, I love two sayings. There's no biological free lunch. You know, if something is doing something for your body, there's probably something your body's not doing that it may eventually have to do itself. And you know, you, you might have consequences there. And then I think a lot of people go into it, you know, similar to kind of your story where it's like, I just want to get out of pain. I just want to get to a point where I don't need orthotics. And it's like, they have this destination in mind, but one of my favorite you know, senses is the process is the point. Like there actually is no, you might have little objectives along your way, which are like these micro destinations you want to get to, mm -hmm. but there's never, it's never an end point, right? Like there's always going to be that you can always get more, become more resilient. Um, you can always have a body that is more adaptable, that is able to handle more. Um, and I think, you know, the goal is just to be durable. I think, you know, if, if, if anything else, if you don't want to train for a sport or you don't want to train for anything in particular, just train to be durable and not break down because breaking down sucks. And, you know, it's like the work you put into not breaking down is oftentimes way less effort than the effort it takes to be broken down. Um, <laughs> so true. And I think the goal is, you know, one thing we try and do at TFC is like make the process fun. If the process is the point, and really the only goal is to show up every day and do a little bit to upgrade your lower body, how do we make it actually enjoyable to do so that it's not necessarily work we have to drag ourselves to do, but it's something that we in intrinsically enjoy doing, whether that's because we do it with others um, or because we know that the effects on the other side of doing this uh, will benefit us immensely. Um, but the actual thing itself, although there is a work element to it, um, if it's playful and it's really fun, you're more likely to do it consistently. And the only way this stuff works is if you actually do it consistently. Yeah. And I think in the world of foot health, there's, like you said, it's this weird thing where like there's no information and then there's tons of useless, wacky novelty <laughs> written information that is not useful. Um, and you know, like that, we, we saw that kind of a couple of years ago and that's where we've kind of gravitated towards the keys to foot freedom that we call them or really just like the essentials because most people don't need to learn more things. They have to learn what they don't need to know. Right. So it's like, what is the most important stuff so that I know I don't have to learn a bunch of new stuff or searching for the new thing, because these are just, these are the most important things that I can put my time and, and energy on doing them consistently. And they're going to give me rewards. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, where I am, where I want to be, if I do these things and obviously which in, within each of these things, there's a broad spectrum of like how intensely you can do it, what level you can do it at. But yeah, giving people the simple essentials, the basics, the keys of foot freedom, I think is so helpful because it gives people clarity to actually take action where they're not spending their time trying to find things. They're spending their time doing the things and being consistent with those things. Um, and it seems like that's the most, the most important thing. And I think, you know, footwear is this weird thing where if you look at foot problems as a whole, um, 75% of people in the Western shoe wearing world will have foot problems at some point in their life. Half those people will have problems so bad it will make them modify their activities. That's a big problem. So, you know, I find it so interesting that the primary cause of that problem also is the salute, the, the primary solution to the problem, which is footwear, right? And this idea that humans wear clothing to protect their bodies. Um, that's why we've worn clothing since like the start of 
when humans wear clothing. Um, and you know, we don't really wear any other clothing that actually physically damages us over time other than footwear, which is just clothing for our feet. So it's a super weird thing where it's like footwear is causing most of the foot problems. Um, and the solution for most people with foot problems is to actually wear shoes that allow their feet to restore themselves. Right. I think we often have this bias to think, Oh, I got to do all these things to fix my body. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, just stop doing things to damage your body. And it's going to fix itself over time. If you want that process to go faster, you can do extra things. Um, but how has, you know, footwear, when you, if someone comes up to you and says, Anya, we know you understand feet. You went through your own journey. My feet are hurting so much. What do I do? Where does footwear frame into the discussion when you talk to them about it? And how has the way you approach that conversation or talk to people about foot health in general um, changed over time? Like, what would you tell that person? Um, And just, yeah, I'm just, I'm always curious to hear how people explain it or convey their understanding um, and how it differs from person to person. Definitely the the basics that you mentioned are the first thing that I talk to people about because they really are so powerful. And I, I, I'm sure you've had similar experiences just in the years that I've been doing this as a blogger and I have a retail store now. I'm not a clinician, so I'm just talking about shoes primarily and then also incorporating uh, other elements with with clinicians who can back me up, you know, so I'm, I'm not trying to give medical advice, but just purveying this general information, this general information about basic foot health and the responses that I've gotten over the years. I mean, they're overwhelming for the amount of people who benefit in, in a humongous way from these basics, which are working on your foot strength and wearing shoes that don't hurt your feet. Or, you know, just like really just very, very, very low bar type of stuff. And the ways that it's changed people's lives is, I mean, it's incredible. And I, so I start with the basics always, which are, which does involve footwear, but I try to make it so that even if you aren't ready to change your shoes, there's an access point because there is, Mm -hmm. there there really is. You, You can take your shoes off and you can experiment without changing your shoes. But if you do want to change your shoes, I always say the first thing that can be changed by basically anyone, no matter where you're at, is the toe box space, because you might have other issues that make it difficult to immediately drop down to zero drop or to no support or to a very thin sole. But who is going to be hurt by space for their toes in the shoe? Yeah. So that's to me, that's like that is ground zero for a better change for your foot health is if you're going to be wearing shoes, wear shoes that have space for your toes. And there are some pretty affordable options out there on Amazon. If you're just you just want to experience it, you just want to try it out. You're not ready to really commit to anything. You're overwhelmed by lifestyle changes. This is just one thing that you can experience and just see what it feels like and what it does for you. I do support the other features of minimal shoes, obviously, but I feel like that is such a, such a great way to get people's foot in the door, so to speak, pun intended. Ha ha. Because because it, it really makes such a big difference for so many people. It feels so good for people who have foot pain. Like I just can't, 
overemphasize how much relief you can get from just that small change. It's not going to fix everything. Maybe it will for some people, but it's just a very small thing that you can do. From there, I, I talk to the person about where they're at. Okay, what shoes do you wear? Like, you know, are you already comfortable? Like, are you one of those persons who worked at home during the pandemic and stopped wearing shoes and then you put them back on again and you hated them? If you're that kind of a person, then maybe you're ready for a full-on minimalist shoe and you might love that. If you're someone like me who has was completely reliant on orthotics and shoes at all times, then I would be a little bit more hesitant to recommend jumping into it like that. I would say maybe try it, but just be prepared to swap back and forth between the shoes you're used to and your new minimalist shoes and just be prepared to pay close attention to how you're feeling as you go through the process. Um, so it's really personalized, in my opinion. It's hard for me to just say everybody should do this. And also, if someone is having persistent foot issues, then they really probably should get checked out just to just to get a professional's opinion on what's going on. But the more foot, more toe space is a really great way to get started. And then I also think that even if you feel like you can't, it's worth giving it a try to walk barefoot outside, see how that feels. And then if you can, if you find that you like it for short periods of time and then it starts getting uncomfortable, then go for that short period of time and then do it a few days and then see if you can go a little longer or try a little bit of concrete and grass instead of just grass or walk on some bumpy, you know, gravel and playing with that a little bit more. And then that usually gives people more confidence in their feet. And that experience is like is a eye-opening. Like, oh hey, I actually can walk barefoot and it kind of felt good. Maybe I could try this this, this type of shoe. And then from there going into the shoe option. So I like to I like to kind of lead people into it without saying, hey, buy a hundred dollar pair of shoes and you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. I think there's always an entry point for everyone, regardless of where they're at. And like you said, maybe it's literally just take your shoes off for two minutes. If you're never without shoes, take them off for two minutes and see how it feels. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes people they have to break through their own sort of barriers that they've created for themselves where it's like if i don't wear shoes i'm going to be in pain if i don't have support i'm going to be in pain like until they prove themselves wrong yes. uh, there's nothing you can really say to convince them right they only people can only convince themselves you can just lead them to the right stage that they're at to convince themselves of the tiniest thing that brings them to the next place mm -hmm. um i mean with that said there are people that are just like you know you talk to them about natural footwear and the effect that feet have on their bodies are like, all right, I'm getting rid of all my shoes. I'm getting all natural shoes and they just do it. Right. And they, they, you know, they usually do it too quick, but they're okay. But I think for the most part, if we take the fundamental assumption that change is hard, um, people are resistant to change, especially with fundamental things when it comes to like feet, footwear, fashion, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we can just do our best to be ready when people express curiosity or have a problem to solve, like a shoe to find, or don't know what to do next make sure that we can give them the right information so that they can take the journey themselves. And yeah, I think, you know, the, the keys that we've distilled are mindset, knowing that it's a long-term process, not a rush, takes time. Um, feet and footwear, 
So working on your foot strength, your foot mobility, and your foot resilience by just exposing them to a bunch of inputs and then wearing natural shoes that don't damage your feet. Um, balance. I think a lot of people underestimate how important balance is for being able to convey information between your feet and your hips and the rest of your body. Um, and then we have the squat, restoring a natural resting squat position as like a master screen for your lower body, for your hips, your knees, and your ankles, and your feet. And then spending time on the ground and like those five keys, it's like you can focus on one at any given time. I think the footwear piece is really important because if you're working on all the other keys and you're still wearing shoes that are damaging your feet, you're literally just creating, you're making the process harder for yourself by doing something to slow you down despite you doing all the other work. So I think footwear is like a really keystone element of this to just like remove what's damaging your feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're already going to be better off. Um, let's talk about footwear and like one of my, you know, first off, I think you know, one of the reasons we wanted to do this podcast and talk to as many people in the world of foot health as we can is like, we are all on team foot health. I think there's often can be this notion that like, well, why are you talking to them or doing stuff with them? Aren't they your competitor? It's like, we're not, none of us in the foot health space are competitors. We're all on the same team. We're allies. And I think, you know, we're all on the important mission of helping people restore healthy feet. And there's lots of work to be done. And we all work to solve that problem differently or a different subset of that problem. It might be footwear. It might be the uh, balance training. It might be whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think really what TFC is trying to do is be a force for collaboration to basically bring everyone together that's working in the space, share information as broadly as possible so we can all kind of distill truths together um, and know that we're all way more powerful when we work together than when we work separately. Um, And I think in the world of foot health, there's just like such a big opportunity to get good education out there and to really align how we talk about this like what is what are the fundamental truths can we all agree on them can we all use the same language and one of my personal missions is to clean up the language around how we talk about natural footwear um just the idea that you know what what i found in my interactions is like barefoot shoes confuses people because it is an oxymoron right if you're barefoot you're not wearing shoes it also has this weird baggage where people have the imagery of vibrams when you say barefoot shoes so they're instantly like they're not they have this baggage that they it's hard for them to get by. Minimal shoes I've found is like opens the door to too much marketing hijacking where it's like minimal is just less of the, the stuff, but it doesn't actually mean like technically you can take away a tiny bit of stiffness and call it minimal. It's not a it's it's not a natural, it's it's not natural footwear still. So my mission is to to try and get everyone aligned on just natural footwear because I find that it pairs well with the conventional term, which is unnatural. Your shoes are either unnatural or natural. And obviously there's a broad spectrum. Um, but the idea, like we use the four F's, I would love to hear, like when you talk to people, when people say, what is natural footwear? What are barefoot shoes? What, what features do you kind of let them know about of, of how to identify that footwear? Because a lot of people are like, okay, I hear what you're saying. I need to wear this type of shoe that allows my foot to function properly. How do I find that shoe? And obviously your blog and website and reviews are like a really powerful way to propose different models or styles of brands that are making that stuff. But if you have to give people general principles of like, look for these things and that tells you they're better for your feet. Um, is there a certain like heuristic that you use and is there a hierarchy of which of those elements you think are more important? I remember you said the space for the toes, um, Mm. is like the really big one, but I'd love to hear sort of how you give people the principles to apply when they're looking for shoes so that they find the right shoes. Yeah. I think that if I'm not going to 
do a numbered list, but I just describe it. I would use a similar description to you of natural footwear supports your foot in its natural state. So it, it will move the way it would barefoot in a shoe or it would move the way in a shoe as it would if barefoot. And that that is ultimately what we're striving for, right? Is shoes that don't inhibit. They're not, it's, we're not using the technology to make our feet function. We're just not interfering with the natural foot function. So that's how I would describe it, which sometimes works best for some people, but it is difficult if you're not even really used to how your feet should function to know what that should feel like. So Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, the white toe box, the really the better way to say it is anatomical because a shoe could be wide and still fit you terribly. So having a, an anatomical. We say foot shaped. Because I think that's just like, I remember Ray McClanahan talked about that. He's like, so many shoes that are labeled wide are actually just still really pointy. They're just wider at the widest part. So it's not really solving anything. It's like, it has to be foot shaped or else it it doesn't even, it's better to be foot shaped than super wide. And I think that's the most important part. And I, by calling it foot shaped, it just makes it so obvious. When people are like, what do you mean by that? It's like, should be shaped like a foot. And a foot is, a natural foot is shaped like this, not like this. Right, right. And then that also includes people with different foot widths, because some people actually do have narrow feet, but it's still, Mm. they probably would benefit from being in an anatomically foot shaped shoe box or sorry, toe box, because then it can be slim through the foot, but it still allows their toes to lay flat and even splay out while they're walking. So foot shaped is, is the better term, but I still say why toe box often because it's, people understand it. You know, it's like something that makes sense to them, but wide means something specific to me. It it means shaped like a human foot. So that would be definitely an important feature. I say zero drop, or you could say uh, totally flat sole, even from toe to heel so that your heel and your ball of your foot are the same distance from the ground and then thin and flexible. The thinness though, so I find that flexibility for me, flexibility is a higher point on the shoe criteria list than thinness because a shoe can have a little bit of cushion there and still flex with your foot and move and support your natural movement. But if you have really sensitive feet or you've got a neuroma or, you know, sometimes that little bit between you and the ground can keep you moving. You know, it can, it can keep you going. So I have some space there for, for more, for more options. And then the no arch support, I do think is pretty important component because if you have a arch artificial support in there, you do get your foot into one natural position, but it can't get through to the other natural position. So it's not actually helping your foot move naturally because the foot pronates and, you know, it supinates and it does a lot of different things while you're walking and standing and running and all of that. And uh, support is just keeps it locked in one. So natural footwear to me is shaped like a foot. It's flexible, it's flat, and there's no artificial support. We align 100% on our perspective, which is not usually the case. We use the four Fs. So foot-shaped, flat, flexible, and feel, which just means thin sole. And actually in in flat, I pack in 
flat from heel to toe. Also the interior surface of the shoe flat, which is kind of like nails, the no arch support thing. Um, and I think the four F's just make it like, cause you need easy mnemonics that people can remember. Um, Mm. and yeah, I think it's very powerful to give people the principles to look for in footwear so that they can assess every shoe they ever buy on that very simple, um, sort of criteria. Mm -hmm. And I agree that hierarchically that is, I think the most important order is like the shape of the shoe is the most important flat is really important. Um, both from a arch support and a profile perspective, flexible is important. Allow your joints to move. And then the feel part is like, there is, there's wiggle room in the amount of thickness you can have. And it's not really the, it's like the, the fourth order criteria that's least important that I'm less picky about. If all the other things are in place, you're doing really good. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're like a, you're already at a minus or a, uh, <laughs> to get an a plus you go real thin, but also it's like people can kind of decide how much, you know, as long as the cushioning that's there is not causing you to move in ways that are unnatural and maybe harmful eventually, then it actually doesn't matter how much you've got there. Right. Uh, I think people underestimate how much cushioning manipulates signals from the ground that actually nudge us to move in really efficient, healthy ways long-term. Um, but yeah, I think those, you know, it's so important to have clarity on if you're going to talk about natural and unnatural, you got to be able to dive into the nuance, um, Mm -hmm. and you got to be able to explain it in a way that's clear and, and can be remembered. Mm -hmm. Um, and to really not complexify it beyond the point of just making sure we hit all the essentials, but making it as simple, radically as simple as possible. And you know, getting there is that is the process, right? Like, how do I get there? If I want to get, okay, the why is natural shoes facilitate natural foot function and healthy feet are not painful, right? They're uh, mobile, strong, resilient, durable, and pain-free, free of longstanding pain, I say, because sometimes you can have foot pain, right? but free of longstanding pain. So if that's where you want to get to, natural footwear helps you get there. And natural footwear is the type of shoes you wear to preserve that foot function. Okay, this is where I am now. That's where I want to be. How is the part that people often screw up or need help with, or that's where the mystery is, right? Mm-hmm. And I think if you help explain to people the process of how the body adapts, then you empower them with at least being able to be a comfortable experimenting. Like no one knows what path you need to take to get there. Right. I don't know. You don't know. No one knows. Um, the process is finding out the best path for you. And the process actually involves getting off the path so that you know that you need to get back on it. Um, (laughs) And I think if people took that approach, they'd be a lot less, people are so used to being told what to do. Like, what do I do exactly? How do I do it to get there? It's like, I have no idea. I have an idea of things you can work on. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I think the confidence, part of the mindset key is like having the confidence that like your body's really good. If you take care of your body, your body can do amazing things. And my favorite way to describe shoes is the shoes aren't the technology. The shoes are what you use to protect the technology, which is your foot, which is super advanced. And we just, I, I think so many, so many marketing dollars get spent to convince us that our feet suck and the technology is in the shoes that are needed to make our feet function properly. And it's like such a weird, weird way of framing it. Um, there's been, yeah, a, and, yeah. oh, uh, there's been an interesting, um, I don't know how to say it. I don't know if trend is the right word, but I hear a lot of people talking about minimal shoes and how they're not meant, how humans aren't meant to be on pavement all the time. So they're not, they're a mismatch, you know, we wear minimal shoes in nature, 
but don't wear them in the urban environment. So I actually recently wrote an article about this to answer that question because my perspective on this is, well, if you go out into nature, actually a lot of it is really freaking hard and smooth too. So I'm not, I'm not really buying the argument that humans are only meant to be on soft grass and dirt and you know, that, that just doesn't make sense because if, if your foot is really well-rounded and adapted, then it can handle both. It can handle the hardness, it can handle the smooth, it can handle the bumpy and the jagged and, and the soft. And so my perspective is maybe don't do it 100% of the time. So if you have a job or a particular lifestyle that requires the majority of your walking and standing to be on pavement or, or, or concrete, then you might want to have a little bit more cushion for those times. But for every part that you have control over, then you should be working on that well-roundedness, on that, that the adaptability and making sure that you can handle all of all of it. And it's a similar thing with your spine. You know, we don't use our spines in very many ways. And so then when we play football on Thanksgiving, then we tweak something because we are, we're not used to using it. And so then it's like, oh, well, I can't play that anymore. And it's it, the actual solution is no, actually you should move it in more ways more often so that when those times come, then you're able to handle it. So I feel like I push back a little bit on that. Oh, we, we can't wear minimal shoes on pavement is that you, you can, it's just that, don't let it be your only input. Have it be one component of what you do with your feet and then take control over it as much as you possibly can. So maybe you're not going to move out of out of you know your apartment or you're not going to get a new job, but you could add texture to your indoor environment. You could have rock mats, you can walk on the grass anytime you can instead of on the pavement. You can you know do a variety of different things to make sure that you're getting a variety of input in your foot and not just one thing. So I was, I've just been an interesting thing that I've been hearing a lot of people talk about. I don't know if my response is going to have any effect on the discussion, but I just hope that people cannot get swept up in, oh, I have no control over my environment. You know, we all have some elements of control. And if we really try to optimize it, then we, we can do a lot of amazing things with our feet. Yeah, I think it's, it's a, it's a crap argument saying humans aren't designed to be on hard, flat surfaces. It's like humans aren't designed to play golf either. Like we're not <laughs> biologically designed to swing a golf club, but we can because our bodies work really well and they can adapt. And it's like, you know, number one, there are a lot of hard, flat surfaces in nature, but there's not only hard, flat na- surfaces mm-hmm. in nature. So yes, it's good to have variety, but also you can probably handle hard and flat just fine. Uh, just like you can handle golf just fine if you actually train up to it. So yeah, I think it's a pretty weak sauce argument. I think it's more of a fear argument to get people not to go to natural footwear to people who from coming from people who just misunderstand it, right? It's not like, you know, it's weird how sometimes professionals have a salary that depends on them not telling people that natural footwear is good, right? Like, yeah. um, 
which is like this weird, and I don't think they're doing it on purpose, just they have no incentive to learn about it because it goes counter to what they get paid to do, which is I'm the solution to your foot problems. Therefore, I have no incentive to help you solve your own foot problems. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, I think there's a lot of weird business incentives that are actually keeping us in the dark ages of treating foot symptoms at the expense of long-term foot health. The minute we start to shift those incentives, that's really like our mission at TFC now is how do we create like an ecosystem for our community where professionals can actually be rewarded for empowering people to take on their own process and be their guides instead of being, um, instead of people depending on the professionals, Mm -hmm. having people see professionals as guides to point them in the direction of good resources and helping them understand what they can work on next to restore natural foot function instead of just wanting the quick fix um, and being solely reliant on either a person or a device to keep them out of pain because that's not now that's why we use the term foot freedom is like if you're relying on something you're not free um, mm-hmm. and there's no reason why you can't be free to explore however you want by just being empowered that you can resolve whatever issues come across your way and obviously community is a really powerful element of that if you feel supported having the right information and then knowing that it takes consistency like emphasizing that having a daily practice where you do like 20 minutes a day or 10 minutes a day anything like even one minute is better than nothing um if you can do it consistently you can have massive compounding effects over time. And it doesn't actually take much to achieve a lot. It just takes a lot of consistency. Um, and yeah, so what about Anya's reviews and then your store? You know, like um, I know, so the reviews are maybe a, uh, are a blog and I'd love to hear, you know, why, why you do that, what purpose you get out of it, um, you know, what motivates you to continue doing that. And then on the store side, I mean, we, we sell natural footwear in Canada Shoes are a pain in the ass to sell. I, you know, as much as, um, you know, it's like, we're not going to stop doing it because we think it's so important. And, you know, if someone goes through this process, they're like, I need natural footwear. I get it now. I can't wait to take good care of my feet. And then they're like, I can't find them anywhere. Then <laughs> it's like, okay, well, that's a, that's a real problem we need to solve. Um, you know, if the footwear market, I think in 2021 was about $450 billion is what people spend on footwear globally, something like that which is staggering. So half a trillion dollars is being spent every year. I think that's only the North American market too, which is stunning. Um, <laughs> being spent on clothing for people's feet. Mm-hmm. Over 99% of those shoes are literally creating foot problems for people. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a big opportunity for foot health education. Um, and we are at like the absolute like cusp beginning half a percent into the curve of adoption of natural footwear. So like we got a long way to go. We're at the very start. They're not very accessible. I mean, I would say they don't look that good, but that's, I don't believe that's true. I think, you know, I, th- I think the weird thing with shoes is like to like the look of natural footwear, you actually have to appreciate and like the, the look of feet. And most people don't. So yeah. that's maybe some of where the mismatch is that we need to do some work on. But it's hard to shell shoes because the fit is so different. People are very picky, especially if they can't try them on in person. People return them, people use them and then return them. So I guess what motivates you to sell footwear and what have been your biggest kind of learning moments embarking on this journey to sell footwear as like uh, a small business. Um, and I would imagine your blog and your footwear sales are like very tightly intertwined. So I'd love to hear the story on like, when did you start the blog? Why do you do it? And what has been your experience selling footwear? So I started the blog a few years into my natural footwear journey because I wasn't, 
able to find a lot of options. There weren't a lot of them, just period. There weren't a lot of options. And there was no, like I mentioned at the beginning of our of our call, um, there wasn't much online for finding shoes, particularly for lifestyle, for your whole life. So you could find mm. zero shoes in Vivo Barefoot and Luna sandals and um, for more sporty type stuff. But it was really hard to find them for everyday life, particularly dressy or fashionable options. So I was researching all of this and I was finding some great stuff actually, like I call them accidentally minimalist shoes, or even finding some small shoemakers on Etsy that were making, could could make them with my foot tracing as the sole shape. And I was finding some really great stuff. And I'm I'm a little bit, <laughs> hmm, let's see. So I get interested in a topic <laughs> and I will check out like five books from the library. And then <laughs> six months later, I'm like, you know, a self-proclaimed expert on gardening. <laughs> Six, six months ago, I knew nothing, but you know, I've read six books since then. So now I know everything. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I've been I, doing it for seven years with feet. I can resonate with that. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been, I, I, I went on a, you know, I went on a little bender, I guess you could say. And it wasn't just a short term thing because it was, this was like my new direction with my life. And I was mm. doing a ton of research and I was like, gosh, there's nothing out there for someone like me who needs help navigating the market of natural footwear. So I started writing articles to help people like me who were already into it. They were already interested in it and they just needed help figuring out how and where to buy. And then particularly uh, the reviews were answering questions about fit and sizing because when you're ordering online and maybe overseas, that can be very cumbersome if you get it and they don't, they fit their sizing is off or, you know, you made some mistake and then you have to ship them back. So I was really trying to help people like myself who, who needed to navigate it. And it is so niche. So it was very easy to find my people um, because they, you know, they know what they're looking for. And then they found, started finding my blog online and my social media. And I was surprised that, it resonated and there was a need there. So I kept going and I kept compiling these resources. So some of my most popular resources today, I wrote over four years ago, like four and a half years ago, are affordable barefoot shoes, dressy barefoot shoes, um, rain boots, foot friendly rain, you know, things like they're so practical. They're so, it's so basic and yet Mm. people need it. It's just, it's just a very basic need of people need shoes and they've decided they want to make better choices and there's no guide. So I feel like I fell into it at a good time. And it also matched my personality of being a little, I don't know, I don't know what you call it, intense, I guess, about knowing, thorough. I'm very thorough. So I just, you know, I just research the heck out of it and I make my resources really exhaustive and I try to answer all the questions. And um, as time went on and it grew and I really enjoyed it, um, I kept hearing from people who were not already in the world and they didn't know about the footwear and they didn't know about the benefits of it, but they came to me anyways. So then I realized, oh gosh, there is an opportunity here to educate and I need to do this very responsibly because I am not a medical professional. So I linked up with um, other people in the industry like Ray McClanahan and Andy Bryant and 
Gate happens and other people who do have the clinical expertise, who do work with patients and who do know foot anatomy and um, taking foot health courses. And I'd send them my articles and like have them read them and make, you know, correct if I got anything wrong and linking resources. So I started putting out some foot health information. It's pretty basic. You know, I try to stay in my lane, but to support people who are asking questions. And it's been so amazing to see so many people who come to me because they're searching for shoes that are comfortable. They, they, they can't find shoes that fit. They're like looking for wide shoes. And then they end up with me and I can steer them to all of these options that are actually foot shaped and not just labeled wide. Mm. After doing that for a few years, um, my husband, Justin, was watching this and he was like, you know, maybe you should just sell shoes because a lot of the brands that you like are in Europe and most of your readership is in the US and they have to order from overseas and a lot of people don't like to do that. And I was like, oh, I don't want to sell shoes. (laughs) So he decided that he was going to take that project on. And I was like, it's your baby. I'm going to keep writing. (laughs) Um, Of course, I I do a lot of work with the retail shop, but he is essentially the manager of the whole retail side. So we started importing goods from Europe specifically to address that issue of the difficulty of access um, in North America. So we do ship worldwide and we do have some custom shoe models that I've designed that are only available there, but primarily it's an access thing. We're really trying to break down one more barrier, which is what all of everything I do is about making it more accessible. It's about breaking down the barriers. It's about demystifying, making it more mainstream, all of those things. So the shop is just one more element of that is you can now find more options in the U S that you couldn't find before. And It has grown pretty steadily. So we're about two and a half years in. And I still primarily do the website because that's really my passion is I really like writing um, and I really like speaking with people. And then my husband primarily manages the, the retail side. It is difficult. It is very difficult. We have a customer service team and, but we used to, he used to do customer service emails I, I would go insane. I would go insane with the emails and with the returns and like, you know, you yeah. buy something because you think it's going to be great and then nobody wants it. And then the thing you think nobody wants, everybody wants, or, you know, normally 39 EU 39 is the most common size, but then for some reason, one model fits differently. So you didn't get enough of 40 and, you know, all of those headaches that yeah. are, there's really? infinite problems to solve and headaches in the shoe selling business. But it's, like you said, if that's the final boss to give people access, then it's a worthy battle to fight, even if the odds are stacked against you and it's probably going to you know, take a toll on you. It's like, if you really understand the purpose, it can get you through that. And yeah, everything you said, we've kind of faced as well with the store in Canada, but we still do it because it's still really important. And people, people are so appreciative. I think that that really helps. Yeah is that people are genuinely grateful that we exist. And I can't do something if it doesn't help, if it doesn't fill an actual purpose. You know, I'm not going to have a career that doesn't 
serve a purpose and benefit people. If, if I don't need to exist, I'll do something else if, if my business doesn't need to exist. So we keep doing it because it actually fills a need for people. And that's really important to me. And I'm, I'm sure that you feel that way with your shop too, being one of only a few in Canada where there's, there's an access barrier there because when you have things come in, the duties, you know, I hear about it all the time from our, our Canadian readers and customers. So having those options that are starting to pop up around the world, people are so grateful and it really is a challenge, but I'm just so glad to be here at this time filling a need. Yeah. And it's also really fun to, you know, I just enjoy connecting with manufacturers who are doing things differently and pioneering a new world of footwear and helping them have market access to people who want their shoes, but would maybe never get them because they're too far away because there's import duties, all that kind of stuff. And it's really cool to see all the new companies coming out, new styles being designed um, and just seeing the space evolve. And I think just like we had this like fashion phase of athleisure where people went from wearing like stiff um, clothing, like suits that and pants and shirts that didn't move and you were like a robot in it to like the Lululemon fad, right? Like everyone was wearing clothes that you can actually move like a human in and be active and it doesn't look bad. It looks good and you can wear them in whatever occasions. I think we're going to go through like a footwear athleisure uh, transition too. It's just kind of lagging behind a little bit. So I actually think there's huge potential, like even with all the friction and headaches of selling footwear, I think the idea that the demand for this type of footwear expands as the education penetrates deeper into culture and people become more aware of it. So like a TFC, we're going to do our best to expand education. And as people become more informed, more people want this type of footwear. So even though, yes, there is friction in this industry because of just the very, the, the hugely complex variables in footwear, um, it still ends up being a rewarding business because you know, you're like literally freeing people's souls and enhancing potentially their life in a transformative way. It's like, you know, you get 10 emails that are just like total migraines. And then you get one email that someone's life has been completely changed and they tell you about it. And it's like, well, that just made those 10 emails go away out of my mind. And it's like, we got to keep going with this. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. So I want to be respectful of your time. Thank you for sharing that, um, kind of the story of the footwear business and the, and the blog. And, uh, we got a couple minutes left, so I got two rapid fire questions and then I'd love for you to just let people know where they can find what you do um, on the internet before we leave. But what's your favorite shoe? If you if you had to pick one shoe as the daily driver, which shoe would you wear? Okay. Number one rule of interviewing me is you can't ask me that question. <laughs> no, I, didn't know. I didn't get the memo. <laughs> I, I, need to, I need to just put that as uh, under my name on emails is don't ask me what my favorite shoe is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Scrap that. Fresh question. What is your best selling shoe at your store? If there is one that jumps out? Well, I can speak to the, the favorite shoe a little bit. It's just that with... <laughs> the number of shoes that I review and test, it's just, I, I do have some, okay. So here's what I would say is my favorite for summer. I'll narrow the criteria daily driver for active. Like if you were going on a long walk, um, what would summer, be the sh- in the summer? Cause it's almost summer. Long, there you go. Long walk in the <laughs> summer. What shoe are you picking? Um, Shama sandals. Probably the Trail Star in the 
I can't remember what it's called, but it's a thinner, they have a thicker one and a thinner one. So I Amazing. really, I really love that's so that is literally my, that's my selection. That's the one I pick. Oh, I've never heard anyone ever say that before. I love those shoes. They're so, so I. great. I, I out really out love that brand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, that, it, that's how specific it has to be because it's like, yep. well, if I'm going to on a hike, then this is my favorite shoe. Or if it's winter, then. <laughs> yep. That makes sense. Or if I'm wearing these clothes, then I'm wearing this. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get that. But I, yeah, Shama to me is like the most comfortable, freest, most, it's like the least amount of shoe with the most comfortable feel um, and the most foot freedom. So yeah, very I think cool. That they do a phenomenal job of having a little bit more soul, but you don't feel like you're sacrificing your ground feel or your flexibility. Hmm. So I really like them as an option that works for newbies and experienced barefooters because they've got multiple sole options. Anyways, I just love that brand for sandals. And they're made in Santa Cruz. Like they're not, you're not buying a crappy product um, made overseas in God knows where for super cheap. It's like they're actually yep. made onshore in the United States by a small group of people. And it's like something, something real, really feel good about that. When you understand the story and why people are doing it and that is done domestically. Um, I think there's something cool about that. So yeah, let people know where they can find you on the internet, where they can find what you do. You have your blog and then you have your store. So maybe just give people the coordinates, uh, before we wrap up. Uh, so they know where to find you. Sure. Yeah. So the blog is really the central location for everything. It's anyasreviews.com. From there, you can get to Anya's shop, which is anyas-shop.com. And we've got a selection of European uh, brands primarily, but we are adding a few US brands this year. And then I'm also on social media. So if you like, I do a lot of sharing there too. Instagram, my handle is Anya's Reviews. Um, my, I have a newsletter that I send out each week on the onisreviews.com site that covers a lot of the new releases and like current sales and, you know, innovative, you know, like nature athletics has cleats, uh, natural footwear cleats on presale right now, things like that, that I try to keep people who are interested in the market, just keep them informed of all that kind of stuff. So those are the, those are the main ways if you want to see what I'm doing and, and stay up to speed on what's going on. Um, that's the best way. Amazing. Well, everyone listening, thank you for being here and joining us, uh, and for your attention Anya, thank you kindly for offering your time and thank you for everything you do. I mean, it's not easy to, like we said, it's not easy to run a footwear business. Um, doing a blog and doing reviews and creating great content is, you know, effortful, it requires time and energy and really a desire to create awesome content that resonates. So thank you for everything you do to um, help further the foot health mission. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, this world of understanding grow, the world of natural footwear or the industry of natural footwear grow. Maybe we do another podcast in a year from now. I'd love to see where you're at with all your projects and um, kind of do a debrief on like what what we've seen in the past 12 months in terms of growth and, um, you know, forward motion and people, you know, understanding the truth about foot health. So uh, yeah, check out Anya's stuff. Anya, thanks again for being here. And uh, that's it from us. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Restore to Explore podcast. To stay up to date with all things TFC, join our brand new free community. 
Inside you'll find a growing library of education, training and resources to help you resolve common conditions, restore natural function and explore your body's potential with a community that's there to support you along the way. To join, just head to thefootcollective.com or you'll find the link in our show notes.